What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Ken Cardez, a.k.a. Omega Z, editor-in-chief of the Decode written content available over on our website at digitalerrorentertainment.com. Welcome to the show. And joining me today, uh, Gino is unfortunately out today, but I am joined by our esteemed Digital Era Entertainment founder, Mario Bueno. He is here, no longer being just the Vinnie Mac in the truck. He's actually on the show today. Today, I am the disembodied, well, everything. <laughs> yes, you're, you're, you're the disembodied total body. <laughs> yep. I am, I, am, I am the voice uh, in your ear telling you to, to plug the sponsors, tell, telling you, you know, <laughs> to, to make the, the quips that the kids like, even though, you know, old man running the show oh wait sorry <laughs> i forgot this is a gaming podcast and we're not doing hcw <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no in all seriousness uh hello ken it is it is good to see and hear you uh and hello everybody uh thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of our esports and gaming podcast yes we uh are on the cusp of soon to have many many game releases uh we are in that lull period now where it's kind of feels like the drought but little by little there's like a breadcrumb here and a breadcrumb there and for those of you joining us live if you can't tell by the image the the biggest piece of bread came in the form of a a game where you got to play as a cat uh which is what obviously i played this week and showcased on our tuesday stream um a is an amazing game that features a cat. I, I, you play as a cat, right? Then, like that's what the game is. Like it's literally just a cat in a post cyberpunk apocalyptic world. Uh, if you want to find out about it, uh, I did write a review for it, and it's also featured on our website, uh, where I gave it a, a pretty glowing review. So you might see uh, a certain feline make a certain top ten list that may come out at a certain holiday season on a certain YouTube channel. <laughs> like I have no ours. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> C- certainly, certainly not our annual game of the year. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it's been pretty interesting to, cause you know, I, I start with every release. I go, okay, this is like, this game really should make our top 10 list. This game might make it. So I always pull out games that I'm like, like, and I kind of keep them on a little like notepad sheet on whether or not it's actually going to make our top 10 or if it gets an honorable mention um the first half of this year was a little not underwhelming it was just very light um and i think that's why a lot of these games get showcased a lot more because it's like because nothing really heavy is coming out, a lot of these smaller titles get a chance to shine because they're not buried under the avalanche of like the AAA, AAA games and things like that. Um, in, in all fairness, though, uh, <laughs> I think it's safe to say like the beginning of the year was kind of it, dominated by the the presence of Elden Ring. <laughs> so oh, sure. it, was, it was one of those things where you know, like your your typical tentpole. Hollywood blockbuster, you just yeah kind of want to stay as far away from that as possible because you're going to get crushed no matter how amazing your story or your your presentation or in this case gameplay happens to be. Yes. So, <laughs> I yeah in, in a weird way it kind of worked in the favor of a lot of these games because you know everyone was trying to avoid being swallowed up by the Elden Ring. Um, mm-hmm. So now during uh, what what is you know essentially the drought period. This feels like kind of the safe zone, especially for you know the 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 more uh, off the beaten path titles, the more obscure titles, your indie titles. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, f- firm cosign on all of that. Just had to to interject real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also I know we've mentioned this on the show before, but you know it's just the unfortunate circumstances that something like Horizon and its sequel both got overshadowed and clobbered because a different open world game came out mere days after uh 
its initial release. You know, with the first Horizon, you had <laughs> just thinking. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild literally three days later. And then it's like, here's Horizon 2 Forbidden West. And then, you know, you have the, the conglomerate that is Elden Ring, which has, you know, still being played today. It's still making headlines. Um, coincidentally, one of the headlines that just recently uh, dropped today was legendary player Let Me Solar Her, uh, the famous... Uh, yes. No armor wearing, underwear clad, triple sword wielding, bucket on a head character. Uh, the, did the, an eight the hour Chad stream. of NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> um, he recently did an eight hour stream of where he put out a tweet. He's like, okay, folks, I've done this 2,000 times. Now it's your time to shine. I want to let you solo anyone. And so he would have people join, he would summon other players so that they could solo some of the hardest bosses in the game. And he would just sit in the back and watch it. So you would be, he would be watching, as a player in the game, watching other players fight some of the bosses. And some people failed, and some people did really awesome stuff. And of course it culminated in a the, the finale of the stream was another popular Elden Ring player uh, tackling Millennia, uh, one of the hardest bosses in the game. She's a hard optional boss. Uh, she has two phases. She's crazy fast and does like 9,000 different attacks. Um, it culminated in the streamer taking on Millennia for the first time, and uh, he was able to solo her. And it was just like a real feel-good community moment uh, with one of the most legendary players to ever come into a video game. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> That, that is supremely wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then going back to that, you know, certain top 10 lists that may come out towards the end of the year on a certain site that's related to this certain podcast, uh, you know, Elden Ring is definitely going to be something that's going to probably take a lot of awards for sure. Uh, will it take our personal Gotti? I don't know. There's a lot coming out. In, in the rest of the year. I mean, we have two big titles very soon in just a couple of months. October, we have um, we have A Plague Tale Requiem, the sequel to A Plague Tale Innocence, which took me by surprise uh, a couple of years ago when it when it first came out. And also made our God top of... 10 list. <laughs> <laughs> which also made our top 10 list, because I was like, yep. this game is amazing and needs to be highlighted more. And then you also have the sequel to our 2018 game of the year, God of War Ragnarok, dropping on November 9th. Um, I, I'm suddenly reminded of uh, the jokes we made during the Comic-Con skits <laughs> related to the Scott Pilgrim D Blu-ray DVD release, because that also came out on November 9th. Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a, that is a deep cut <laughs> for, for anyone who's followed us outside of digital era entertainment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing, I also have Scott Pilgrim on the brain, because uh, I, I was just in Canada uh, last weekend for Anime North. Uh, that'll be a discussion that I'm going to have on our uh, anime podcast, uh, hopefully tomorrow, if nothing changes. Uh, so we'll we'll come back. If you're listening to this uh, after broadcast over on the, the audio version on whatever podcast platform of your choosing, uh, definitely switch over to this week's edition of the DKI podcast uh, and find out if I actually made good on this promise to talk about my trip to the, the Great White North. <laughs> See, there we go. Now, now we have uh, we have continuity for this week. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I took a Canada trip in early June as well. I went oh, yeah, to the city right. of Ottawa. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, I, I know what it's like to be there. Uh, that was a very warm, warming and eye-opening uh, trip for m myself, honestly. Uh, but yeah, that's important question. Um, how much Tim Hortons did you have during that trip? Every day. <laughs> Tim Hortons was my coffee. Amen. <laughs> that is that is like the un. Or I'm sorry. That is the unspoken rule. <laughs> go go to Canada. Just slam all the Timmies. Uh, it was, yes. This is a, a complete tangent, but I ended up getting into a Twitter exchange with the official Tim Hortons account while I was there. <laughs> no, like it was super wholesome. Like it's it's this is one of the rare times where I've gotten more than just an initial uh, reaction to something. Um, 
because you know i was tweeting out hey you know i'm in canada gonna be you know slamming tim hortons every day that's my goal and at first they respond back so like oh that's that's a good selection that's cool let us know you know how, how much more you're planning to have so i'm like okay then every day without fail <laughs> they were they were getting back to me so i'm like oh wow so by day three i was like okay i i've got to commit to this i've got to make sure that i'm having tim hortons every day i do not want to disappoint the tim hortons social media account <laughs> hashtag not sponsored hashtag we will happily take that sponsorship <laughs> will i give other games a chance to be number one outside of god of war ragnarok that is a good question. Um, that is a great question. Uh, I don't want to give away too much because I love saving our game of the year uh, as a surprise. Um, but Elden Ring, I always try to, whenever we do our game of the years, just to give you guys a little bit of insight on it, on how our thought process is. Uh, our game of the year has to do one of two things, if not both. And one, it has to encompass the year itself you know, what happened in the world or, you know, what happened in gaming or things like that. It has to be reflective of gaming as a whole. And if you look at how we did our, our 2020 games of the year, uh, everyone and their mother on digital, in digital area entertainment knew I really loved Ghost of Tsushima. And I was like, I think this should be game of the year. But then when we got into the discussion on how crazy that year was, it made sense to pick the games that we did uh for our games of the year where we gave it to animal crossing uh new horizons fall guys ultimate knockout and also citing among us even though it came out in 2018 it was a game that didn't get its popularity until 2020 because of the insanity that was that particular year um so it has to be a game that either encompasses the year in whole or it's something that truly we feel like changes gaming um so in 2018 when we gave it to god of war you know it was a game that really encapsulated what the future of single player games could be uh especially single player action games as well god of war 2018 is probably you know if i had to do a top 10 list of top 10 best action games of all time number one would be god of war and before that it was devil may cry from like decades ago so just to give you like from that span of there devil may cry was the pinnacle of action gaming for me and a lot of games have come close you know because of devil may cry we had god of war we had the ninja guidance and things like that we had metal gear rising you know those games all owe their existence to something like devil may cry being made but it wasn't until god of war where i felt like okay this took everything that was in devil may cry and brought the bar up and it's always to me like does this game bring the bar up for something um and something like Elden Ring uh, definitely raises the bar on what, this is for me personally, I can't speak for everyone, but for me personally, when it comes to the open world genre, which is a genre I really love, Elden Ring takes that bar and shoots it so far into the <laughs> stratosphere that I do not see another game touching this for a very long time. And think about how, like, Devil May Cry, which came out in, like, I want to say early 2000s, maybe. I'm, it was I, like I don't 2001, have 2002. I will, I will research this right now. <laughs> Just to make sure that we are correct. But, but yeah. you know, since, since that particular game, no other action game has impressed me until 2018's God of War. So there yep. was that much time between the two titles. August 23rd, 2001. <laughs> so, from two, so 17, for 17 years, everyone's like, what do you think is the best action game of all time? Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry. 2002, Devil May Cry. 2003, Devil May Cry. 2004, Devil May Cry. Oh, this God of War game is really good. I really like this God of War game. The combat's fun, but it's not Devil May Cry. <laughs> um, and, and I feel like that's what's going to happen with Elden Ring. And, I mean, obviously, Elden Ring does owe its existence to other open-world games. You know, it definitely has inspirations from Breath of the Wild. Um, one of the games that I think notoriously gets overlooked for these changes in the open-world game, believe it or not, is Metal Gear Solid V. And Metal Gear Solid V, for me, was one of the first true open-world games where I was like, the open-world genre is changing, and this is the game that started it. 
because open world has have... changed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wanted to do it too. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, if if I may Game cut in, um, yeah. To to your point about Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, for me, uh, had we been doing this list back then, I would have unequivocally uh, lobbied for Metal Gear Solid Five as the Gotti that year for all the reasons you're mentioning. Um, mm-hmm. It it truly elevated uh, open world, especially open world action gaming, but just the ridiculous amount of flexibility that they baked into that game um Mm -hmm. in true kojima fashion it really was ahead of its time like even with the even with the the you know issues for production that kept it from being its truest form its truest self for what we were given it was just a revelation like few games uh since that that particular release have really given that same sense of open-worldness. And it's funny because one of the things I did want to talk about, uh, which I think you guys might have touched on fairly recently since it it has been technically a couple of days now, uh, but, you know, it's the 35th anniversary of the Metal Gear franchise. And those games... Yeah, like, those those games have been very important to uh, not just gamers the world over, but certainly many of us here at Digital Ear Entertainment. Like, Mm-hmm. The the first Metal Gear Solid I have gone on record, uh, certainly on this podcast, uh, many times in general, uh, saying that the first Metal Gear Solid showed that you could have a true cinematic experience uh, in in the world of gaming. Uh, it was a true like again. If if we were doing this back in 1998, which that would have been really impressive, <laughs> being, being a junior high and having this kind right. of foresight, uh, <laughs> uh, that would have easily been uh, well. And that was a stacked year too, because 1998 was just absolutely stacked in gaming. That, that was the heyday of or OG PlayStations. <laughs> yeah, I believe also the original Half Life dropped that year, so it was like mm-hmm. there was competition. And a lot of this fell into the same genre of elevating gaming from something that was just, you know, move character from left to right or up and down, collect high score, go home, maybe save a princess, to being a truly narrative cinematic experience with the full treatment. So the Metal Gear franchise, you know, has has a pedigree for mm-hmm. truly elevating games in a way that you're discussing for, you know, what we look for in these games of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And just to loop it back to God mm-hmm. of War for a second, uh, the thing that really stuck out for me with God of War 2018, it didn't just show the evolution of the modern action game, but it was very transformative to the God of War franchise, much the same way that you could argue uh, Resident Evil 7 was to the Resident Evil franchise. It was right. it was a complete reimagining of the franchise, a complete reframing, but you're still getting at its core everything that made that franchise so much fun and worth sticking around for. It didn't it changed, but it didn't it didn't feel like a complete reversal or complete sidetrack of everything nope. that came before it. It was like, hey, here's what you know and love, but we're gonna add mm-hmm. this and we're going to make it this kind of a narrative experience as opposed to just mash button, break dude's skull, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it was just an evolution of, you know, the, the, it was an evolution of the franchise. It was an evolution of the character. And it was an evolution for gaming itself, you know. And that's why you know, in 2018, it was just it was just a no-brainer. Like, yeah, you know what? Like, a lot of good games came out that year. But, uh, yeah, God of War. Like, this is... There's just no stopping that. But for this year, like, God of War Ragnarok comes out in a, a very interesting year because I'm just like, how does something like God of War Ragnarok, in comparison to Game of the Year, uh, go up against something like Elden Ring? Like, that will be an interesting uh, thing to tackle. Uh, and I guess we'll find out on November 9th when I have the game in my hands and I, I play it and I'm... Uh, <laughs> you know, a little sick for work that day or something. But <laughs> oh, no, he caught a case of the Kratos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the Kratos? Ah, it's this new thing that originated in Greece. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it passed oh. through uh, Norway on its way over to the states. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. I'm just gonna stay home. I'll I'll just drink some orange juice. I'll I'll be fine on yeah. Monday. 
Yeah, I was like, oh no, I I I got the new variant of Kratos eighteen. This one is now Kratos twenty two. Twenty two. So. <laughs> Kratos twenty two. Oh no, oh no. Um, um but, or, or even something like the sequel to Plague Tale, like just from the the new trailer. That oh boy, I just realized that is gonna hit so different in twenty twenty two. Holy crap! <laughs> Um, but a Plague Tale Requiem, if you're uh, watching the new trailer and seeing just how much they elevated from the original game, the, the gameplay mechanics, the stealth mechanics, all the things that they added, I'm just like, oh, this is, this is going to hurt my emotions. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a complete level up uh, because the first mm -hmm. game, considering that, uh, you know, the studio was relatively unknown at the time, it still had a lot of mm -hmm. polish. Um, you know, it's kind of the vibe uh, that, that I think people must have gotten from uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which also is getting a right. sequel in the near future, and also mm -hmm. made it to our top three for our inaugural list uh, in terms of the video production. Um, right. You know, it's basically, it was basically the super indie that could. And then here mm -hmm. we are, you, you just see those trailers for uh, Plague Tale Requiem, and you just, you can tell that they have leveled up in every conceivable fashion. It just, it feels yep. like a true big budget sequel. It's like if the first mm -hmm. movie, if the first movie was basically it's Star Wars, like scrappy upstart with a pretty decent budget, but still scrappy yeah. upstart. This is, this is empire where it's like, all right, let's, uh, let's go film some stuff in Norway. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's do this. Ice planet, baby. Ice planet. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, thing to see, you know, once we get closer to the end of the year, which title will take our, our personal game of the year. Um, there's just a lot of good contenders. There are a lot of games that have come out already that will definitely, I definitely see making our top 10. Uh, some of them have been reviewed already. So if you want to check out our website and look at all of those reviews, uh, some of the games that might make t that top 10 list, you can check out our website at digitalerentertainment.com. Um, Actually, uh, I, I just realized in making an offhand uh, nerd reference to Star Wars, um, so this weekend is uh, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, and right. that, in addition to having, you know, uh, potential game news spawning out of that since, you know, it's become a full-on multimedia con, um, it, it reminded me of one other game that we have definitely uh, featured the beta of, and... Uh, has popped up in discussion uh multiversus from warner brothers games yes. um mm -hmm. so what are what are your initial responses now that we're starting to see you know what the monetization plan is uh, how the unlocks are going to work especially as someone who has you know played the betas uh someone who's still currently playing the beta uh the new the open beta dropped uh, recently so i've been dabbling on it uh, we now know that there's going to be a, you know, a premium currency called Gleamium, and that currency is what's going to be used to unlock uh, the characters that will uh, essentially not be available through whatever season pass method they have. There are going to be purchasable characters, and someone actually did the math on how much you would have to spend to unlock the stuff that is not available to you for free, so to speak, and the total was like two hundred and. $55 or something like that to purchase what you cannot acquire uh, in the game. Again, uh, most of those are like cosmetics, alternate skins and stuff like that. Um, but there are going to be some characters that are only purchasable, which I think uh, is what's creating a little bit of controversy um, within that community and the game. Um... But I think the developers are very open to understanding that, you know, okay, maybe we won't do this. There's still time to change something like that. Um, personally, I never have a problem with cosmetics because cosmetics don't affect gameplay. Yeah. Um, but having a character behind a paywall, I, I always hate when fighting games do that. And I understand that fighting games want to do it because, you know, they're trying to make more money to cover whatever reasons they have, development costs, server maintenance, whatever it is. I understand it. But read the room. The gaming community absolutely despises it. And the only ones that really stick with out are, like, the competitive ones. Because, like, okay, well, I got to buy the character because I got to learn their moves. And I got to learn how yeah. to counter them and things like that, you know. 
Um, it's 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 just a very fickle double-edged sword. Uh, that being said, I still think the game is extremely enjoyable. It is absolutely fantastic that we have something that can rival uh, Smash Brothers in terms of gameplay and popularity because the game is really getting looked at. It's really getting noticed. People are already trying to figure out tier lists and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's the beta. Like, just relax. <laughs> oh, Harley Quinn is tier zero. It's like, eh, she's really good. Listen, listen, people got to get the drop for Evo. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but one of the cool things about this beta is uh, we actually got to play as the Iron Giant. Uh, yes. See how he works in the game. And I was really impressed with how that character operates. Um, and he's considered an expert character, too. And I'm just like, yeah, this is this is not for the casual player who just wants to button mash. Like, he's he is a thinking person's um, character. So uh, very, very difficult to use. But uh, there's a lot of tricks that uh, Iron Giant has that can definitely make him a formidable force uh, within the roster that is multiverses um i definitely noticed some tweaks this time around uh they definitely have been balancing it out a little bit there's a, a definite increase to the maneuverability of characters um but all you know it's it's just good fun and it just it feels like a really good game to play and i think that's that's the thing that matters the most right now yeah, and, and especially uh, with this cynicism that the, the general uh, gaming community would take towards, you know, uh, an entity like WB Games, which, you know, they, they have plenty of, you know, truly passionate gamers within their, their development ranks. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're just all a little skeptical because, you know, the, the corporate side of things has unfortunately made it tough to, to trust certain releases from them. So to see something as, I, I guess you could say, pure and well-intentioned as multiverses something that is just all about yeah it's it's fun first profit mm -hmm. second <laughs> that's yes from from wb games that has been very refreshing to see honestly because mm -hmm. they do make incredible or they they publish incredible games they have helped to you know fund the development of other incredible games utilizing warner brothers ip um but again you know sometimes it you can tell where where they the uh, executive priorities are and it's very frustrating yeah. you know i've ever since the first injustice i have just stopped buying uh wb games <laughs> at launch because yeah. because i know it's just like give it give it like six months and there's gonna mm -hmm. be you know like some sort of new edition uh then like another six months after that there will be a new edition on top of the new edition and you can also get everything piecemeal because all the the dlc expansions oh and then if i wait like five years i can get it for like five bucks on playstation store or even better get it as you know a, a ps plus freebie and now that we have xbox game pass in the mix <laughs> it's like it might yeah. the base game might just show up on there and why did i why did i do that so again like yeah bit of a tangent to bring back to my original point that these yeah this game is refreshingly different from this very particular publisher so even with the criticism and i say this i, I was about to self-burn when you were talking about the the amount of money required to get the full unlock experience as a long-suffering dead or alive fan <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you about those season passes for five and six and why i never right. bought them <laughs> Because, oh, those were terrible. Yeah, you want to talk about, uh, you know, profiting off of your, your loyal fan base, like 93 mm -hmm. bucks for virtual crap? <laughs> like, do, 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 do I get a coin with that? Like, <laughs> seriously. No. So, it, 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 yeah, it, you know, two, 200 and some odd dollars is nothing to sneeze at. But when you compare to, you know, the, the multiple season passes for DOAs five and six, averaging about, you know, 90 bucks a pop. Ho! Ho! It's a, it, it still stings, but it doesn't sting as bad <laughs> uh, no. in, 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 in context. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, also, I know we have, uh, I believe we have Gamescom coming up soon, as well as yes. PAX Prime. Uh, PAX Prime popping on my list because uh, I saw over on LinkedIn uh, the good folks at Rogue Games. Uh, who we have been talking up quite a bit all year uh, because of their feature of our 
upcoming pro wrestling themed visual novel Kokoro no Pro in the first episode of their Rogue Jam that they presented with IGN. Uh, they're they're going to be doing a panel with Reggie actually. Reggie's going to be on their their panel um, okay. over at Pax uh, well Pax West now. Um, so yeah, uh, any any interesting things that we can expect or that you're hoping to see from either you know Gamescom uh, or or Pax West? I, I'm oh, I've always been like a wait and see person. I'm one who always believes in the uh, the hype responsibly. Um, so I anytime they're like, yeah, this show's coming. I want everyone like likes to get excited. Like I hope they show this. I hope they show that. I'm just like, just give me a good show. Like just just surprise me. Like that's the only thing I really want. I want like a genuine surprise announcement. Like oh my god, I didn't think that they would come out with this. Um, and we know what's gonna happen. There's gonna be a bunch of sequels. Uh, the only thing I would probably hope to see, just because it's getting closer to release, so to speak. Uh, is something on the new Dead Space that's dropping next year. Uh, uh, yes. That would probably be like the only thing that I I would be hope that has some type of presence uh, at that show. Um, but outside of that, I'm just like you know just I I, I always go in expecting to be whelmed. <laughs> Whether it's gonna be over or under is up to the show. But like I just sit there and I go, oh, okay, cool, you know. You know, just like, you know, whenever everybody gets like, oh, my God, it's another Nintendo Direct. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, no, show me something, show me something interesting, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm very much in the same boat when it comes to the, uh, in, in particular, the Nintendo Directs. Um, like, I, you know, I, I very much enjoy uh, what Nintendo usually brings. Uh, and it's always interesting to see what they're, what they're pushing whenever they do their Directs. Um, but it, it, I, I agree with you. It's one of those things I usually come out of it whelmed. Even if there's something interesting, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it, that's good. That's fine. It's, you know, it, it it didn't feel like it was a waste of my time or, oh, that's yeah. a cool thing that I'm glad that they're bringing out. Um, and it also, weirdly, is going to make it so much sweeter when you have, you know, big surprise drops like, hey, have a new Metroid. Hey, we actually decided we're going to bring back F-Zero. <laughs> and speaking of, speaking of, uh, I know I've been seeing some some murmurings about the potential of F-Zero stuff. Uh, any any thoughts on, you know, the even even the slightest rumblings? I know we've been to we've been to that dance so many times before, but yeah, it's do, do you do you feel like maybe we might actually be on the cusp of a legit uh f-zero follow-up because we've already gotten metroid dread even after like what was that development cycle like roughly 20 years <laughs> just about yeah yeah um so the thing to understand is that nintendo's philosophy when it comes to their games uh even though a lot of the times they will recycle and rehash a little bit the one thing that they try to do with a lot of their franchise games is they don't push it out unless it can actually present something new. And I think for Nintendo, and then the reason why we haven't had an F-Zero in so long is they're like, what can be done that's new uh, for F-Zero? And I've always had a really good idea that an F-Zero game could have the racing and then have like an actual single player story where instead of the racing i can run around like some type of hub space uh, you know let me play as captain falcon fighting crime with you know in this like single player campaign where like i can be crime fighter captain falcon and then there's occasional races thrown in where i got to jump into captain falcon's car and race you know against a criminal or something you know, I think there's a way to do that where it's not just the racing that has to change for Ezra. I think it's time to start really adding a, a narrative experience yeah. to the Ezra experience. And I think that's where the evolution should come because there's only so much you can really do with racing. There's a reason why we very, we very rarely get a lot of racing games in a very frequent matter because it's like, you know, the only thing you can really change is the location, what type of cars you have to unlock, you know, what type of experience the game is going to give you. You know, Forza, as an example, every Forza has always been 
a revelation. But at some point, it's like, you know, where do you go eventually, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny you bring up Forza because I was going to say to, you know, further embellish on your point, um, <clears throat> Forza proved you can do vehicular open world to an mm -hmm. extent that something like Breath of the Wild can. Like, could you imagine Nintendo doing a Forza-style game but with something like F-Zero, it is certainly... I, I would love that. That would be a dream come true, because that's how I would want this F-Zero to be. I just don't see Nintendo being the one to pull it off. Yeah, or, or even if, you know, they, they collaborated with one of the studios under them, because obviously they've shown that they're comfortable handing the mm -hmm. keys over to other studios, like Retro Studios being up pardon the pun, prime example of being able to, to, to handle, you know, one of their, their legendary IPs and do something uh, truly revelatory with it. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, for one, would definitely love to see, if not, you know, a high, essentially uh, GTA, but with F-Zero. <laughs> like, right? If not that, definitely like some sort of Forza-style vehicular open world. And with, with the fact that it takes place in, in essentially a sci-fi setting, oh my god, could you imagine all the weird and wild and very, for all intents and purposes, Nintendo stuff they could pull yeah. off with that. Like, it, 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 I think it would be the, it, it would be Nintendo's, uh, you know, hold by energy drink, but for racing games. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. Forza, that's, that's quaint. Hey, hey. R&D 1, can we do what we did with Zelda, but with the, with the vroom vrooms in space? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, I'm honestly surprised, like, no one has really, like, put something like this on the table in front of Nintendo, because I feel like that's exactly what they would love to see uh, for something like F-Zero. Um, well, there was there was that one uh, that one Chad. <laughs> yeah, he came close. He he at least asked the question. He at least asked the question. You know, like, hey guys, what's up with that zero? And that's the, literally what I just what we just talked about was the answer he got. You know, they're just like we we want to do another one. We just aren't sure, like, you know, what direction we want to take it in. All right, so what we got to do is uh, raise 40 grand, buy 40 grand in Nintendo stock, <laughs> and just yeah. be like, look, we got the answer. You know, we just gave you a free $40,000 consultation <laughs> on our dime. <laughs> let's just let's just have a conversation over in Kyoto, y'all. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Okay, so we're oh, wow. so that's that's kind of, you know, some of the stuff I know I wanted to just kind of like spitball with all the upcoming uh, gaming related events uh, coming up, you know, not just in the, the coming days with uh, Comic-Con, but certainly, you know, Gamescom, PAX. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like there's some other stuff that was either recently dropped or announced. Oh, yes. So since I normally am not actively on uh, on this podcast, I don't get the chance to flail about certain things and get uh, the rest of the team's collective thoughts on it. So as, as the, the noted retro gaming enthusiast of the channel, <laughs> usually featuring retro stuff, um, <laughs> one of the things I've been keeping a close eye on just because uh, I've picked up some of the other retro consoles and used them uh, for content on our, our weekly live streams. Um, I, I assume you heard about the uh, Sega Mini 2? I did, yes. So uh, what's what's your take on it? Because as someone who grew up a staunch Nintendo guy, like I'm, I'm one of those folks who's really just, in the past few years, kind of, finally embracing what Sega had to offer. The Genesis Mini of the mini consoles, I would argue, was one of the best entries in that particular mm -hmm. fad. And it's really cool that they're integrating Sega CD into this new edition. Um, yeah. Also, fingers crossed for Snatcher. <laughs> give, them, <laughs> give us Snatcher, you cowards! <laughs> that, that would be ideal. Um, it's, always, it's always fun when they do these, like, retro consoles. Um, I just... My thing has always been the relevancy for it, outside of it being like a collector's item, uh, being a nostalgia piece. You know, we're in a very, very digital age where I, I have access to 90% of these titles at the press of a button, you know. So I, I just I just question the relevancy for it. Um, I think it's neat. So that's why I'm never too, like, never that impressed when they come out with it. Like, it's just one of the things, like, oh, that would be really cool to have. But I I can also just get a ROM and put them on my computer. Sir, sir, you, one does not 
go and get a ROM and put it on their computer. That's that's piracy. You go to the digital library and you take out a digital copy right. to sample <laughs> it from the digital library. <laughs> Sure. No, but in all, in all seriousness, though, yeah, that's that's been one of the things that makes uh, it makes it very tough, uh, a very tough sell outside of a particular niche. Um, and certainly in the retro gaming scene, uh, I would say uh, certainly items like this, especially if they include uh, things that have become very either difficult to find just because, you know, people have been collecting them or the prices have gone up because of, you know, the everything <laughs> right making it hard to collect anything uh <laughs> retro or of or anything physical at this point um yes and when you're not seeing things that are released by companies like limited run games which you know obviously i'm, I'm a big proponent of big fan of mm -hmm. um you know it's nice to see you know especially first parties that have access to a lot of these these actual like digital libraries that they can uh deploy in these devices uh, you know, contributing in some roundabout way to game preservation. That's the other thing. Like you're, you're also, you know, making sure that it exists on something tangible for people. Uh, so it's, it, it's kind of, I, I see it as a, a multi-purpose collectible, kind of like, kind of like an amiibo, <laughs> just less, yeah. less, uh, near field <laughs> communication and more, and oh, more sure. just like, Hey, here, it could do a bunch of cool stuff. Also, here's a game that costs like a thousand bucks if you try to find it in the wild, but you only mm -hmm. paid like 50 to a hundred bucks to get it on this, this little device that hits you in the nostalgia button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's always interesting. You know, I just, I've never, I remember, like, I, I was excited at one point, especially when, like, the uh, the NES Mini came out. But then after a while, I was just like, meh. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 again, it's just interesting to see who's been uh, continuing with it, who just kind of dropped it after that initial phase. So, you know, Sega, Sega leading the way with, like, this very niche. Because, again, showing that this has become uh, more of a very targeted nostalgia item like the mm -hmm. there isn't even going to be a traditional uh western storefront release it's basically being exported by sega japan through amazon right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. even that it's just kind of like oh no you're not going to roll into your your local gaming store uh and, and nope. grab this i mean unless your local gaming store is an actual mom and pop shop not like gamestop or best buy uh right. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things that's like oh no you you need to like put in the work to to grab these suckers yep um so yeah speaking of uh putting in the work uh there is a game that ha a lot of people have been putting in the work on uh yes and <laughs> you were mentioning you know uh gaming breadcrumbs uh i would argue this this is like a friggin gaming baguette for streamers everywhere right now like i like i could i could us. throw <laughs> i could throw like some breadcrumbs in a given direction and i'm gonna hit a stream of this particular game, specifically the one that, for those of you watching live, uh, is lurking in the literal background <laughs> of you, Ken. <laughs> yes. So let's uh, um, let's talk about Stray, because uh, okay. yeah, just recently released. Uh, we featured it here on the channel thanks to your playthroughs. Uh, initial thoughts uh, outside of what we can find in your lovely review over on our main website. Uh, Stray is just a, a phenomenal game. This is uh, from developer Blue 12 Studios. This is their first game. Uh, so an impressive debut right off bat. Um, I was... I wouldn't say I was hyped. I was definitely very vested. I, have a, I had a very vested interest uh, when the first trailer was shown. Because certain times a game comes out that i'm like i feel it like in my heart like <laughs> this game is gonna be an experience and every year there's always one game that does that um you know when i first walked into the store and saw the box art for a plague tale rec uh plague tale innocence i was like Something is calling me to this. I remember when I when I, when I, I remember when I walked into a local store, Video Games New York, and I, I first saw Little Nightmares, and I was like, "What is this? This looks really interesting." Ah, uh, oh, wow. yes, it, Little Nightmares. You know, there's. It was like this. It's like I had. It's like this gaming sense. Like you know how like Peter Parker has spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I sometimes get like this gaming sense, like, I think I'm going to buy this. I know nothing about it, but something tells me I'm going to like it. So instead of and like then the little I go electrical home. bolts, it's like little Dorito chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You know, so, so there's always a game that gets shown and I'm like, this, this is going to be something like this is going to be a game that's either going to be really good and everyone's going to love it or it's going to be the sleeper hit, so to speak. Um, and I, I felt that way with Little Nightmares. I felt that way with A Plague Tale. Um, I felt that way with Concrete Genie um, the year that we played that out. Just from the trailer alone, I was just like, yeah. Mm. And I think what it is, it's like there's always a game that you can tell was made with heart, love, and true appreciation for the art of gaming. And uh, that's something that I feel went into this title. Like these people were obviously fans of cats. They all have cat owners. If you if you follow them on social media, um, they... I certainly hope so. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh... I'm a dog person, but I decided to, to 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 delve deep into the other side for the sake of art. <laughs> yeah, um, they're all big fans of cats. They are all cat owners. Um, most of the money that they've made from all the game sales, they've been giving it to uh, cat shelters to help homeless cats. Aww. Um, so, like, there's a real genuine sense of care and empathy uh, behind this studio, and it shows in the game that they had. Um, and playing through the game and going through the story, uh, which we'll finish uh, this particular Sunday, um, where I'll complete the last half of it for you all, um, it's just such a heartwarming story about friendship and hardships and how to overcome those hardships. And it's like, it's told through the point of view of a damn cat. Like, <laughs> you can't get any better than that. You know, these games, games like this very rarely come out. Um, and when they do, it's just, it's so refreshing to see them because it's like, Oh, you know, this is something that the community is gonna definitely band around and really enjoy and really embrace. You know, something like Fall. Like even uh, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier in the show, twenty twenty, when Fall Guys came out, I was like, this looks utterly ridiculous, but I have a funny feeling that this game is going to be like just a lot of love and fun, and you know those games there's always always one there's yeah. always one and it, and it's only one every year it's only one because there's always like oh this is a good game oh this is like the best game of the year but there's always that one title that you like man this game had a lot of heart and you and know it's, it's I, funny because the way you're describing the experience for stray <clears throat> i'm getting i'm getting vibes to to how people tend to react to journey you know a very yes. atmospheric mm -hmm. narrative that tells a lot of its story from an unexpected perspective but still mm -hmm. just really reaches out to you really allows you to feel things <laughs> you know it's a, it's mm -hmm. a very emotional story despite the unconventional way it is told you know mm -hmm. yeah I, I also think that uh it's very genius uh how they went about the game design of the world because even though it's a pretty much point a to b game um it borrows very intelligently from other games and uh if you read my review i make the comparison to how it plays like a a pseudo old school legend of zelda i'm speaking more towards like the ocarina of time majora's math type of games where like you have the auto jump and without really doing it in a way like some of the areas of the game where you have to pause and you got to do multiple things to explore the city and get all these different items they're almost like zelda dungeons and i was like <laughs> this is so great and I, I i love that was my favorite thing about the game just how like it was so smartly like it goes through some of these linear things and then you're like hey here's a chance to breathe and explore a city you got to do some puzzles and get this quest going and while i'm doing the puzzles i'm like oh you got to get this thing to get access to this thing and get it i'm like this is a freaking Zelda dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> only, only you know, you're not getting a big key. You're collecting like notebooks from four different people to progress the story or whatever, you know. And I'm like, this is so smart. <laughs> what if, what if Link, 
but a fuzzy cat. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, if you if you were fortunate enough to watch the stream, I was making all the post-apocalyptic jo- jokes. Like, the start of the game, you know, it's very, you know, foil just overrun on the city. I was like, the cats of us. <laughs> 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 and then And then, you know, 10 minutes into the game, you know, you're trying to jump onto a sewer pipe and the sewer pipe falls away and your cat falls to the underground you're like oh my god no and then you start the game limping away and you're like oh no. poor kitty my feels <laughs> no get, get and, uh, kitty a health pack get him a health pack yeah. and then uh and then there's just that emotional tangent with the things that happen to the cat but then when you start figuring out the story of what happened to the world and how these robots came to be and how their society grew and the world building that it does you're like man this is some heavy stuff this game is deep and it's a freaking game about a cat. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was just going to be a cute game with a cute cat where you do cute things as a cute cat. But surprise, there's lore. Yeah. Um, and it's just, just it's just such a well-done game. Uh, I, I, I can only give it so much praise. You know, it's definitely a very popular game. I can't even call it a sleeper hit because I was like, oh, man, you know, it wasn't even like a sleeper uh, i think yeah i, I didn't i think the expectation was i didn't expect it to do as amazing as it's done it has broken uh the top game sales of all time it's the number one selling game of all time now it has beaten i think a lot of other original number one was uh grand theft auto 3 or something like that wait what <laughs> yeah what what <laughs> It's 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 literally like the number one selling game of all time right now, and it was only thirty dollars. I uh <laughs> I, I I don't think I can stress this enough, but uh, what? <laughs> like, that's, that's amazing. Like yeah. I seriously like of all games to hear that statistic from. This would not be the one that I would expect. <laughs> like I expect it to do well, but holy hell. <laughs> Let me, let me get the exact number for you. That is genuinely impressive. So it's also the company's biggest title, Annapurna Interactive. Um, it has shattered the concurrent player's record for any Annapurna Interactive game. Wow. Uh, it smashed the player count on release day. <sighs> <laughs> so you know how certain games are like oh you know certain games have like a, a concurrent player top thing the original top of all time was a game called 12 minutes at one point it had 8021 concurrent players at launch really? stray had 50 stray had 50,555 plus concurrent players at launch that that's insane also, I'm 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 just gonna take this moment to to gloat about this. Suck at Call of Duty. <laughs> like you got beat by a cat. You got beat by a cat. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, over at uh, Activision headquarters, oh, we need to have more cats in the next Call of Duty. <laughs> but but the we we did the but sir we we did the dog that one time. Not good enough. <laughs> we gotta put cats. People want cats. Damn it, cats. <laughs> Um, sir, sir, maybe they just don't want to do the repetitive cookie cutter shooty McShooty stuff anymore. No, just put cats in it. In fact, make it cat of duty. Just, just make make everything cats. Let's just let's go with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sorry, not of all time, but I think of like for launch, it it broke the record for launch sales. Um, so let me correct myself on that. There. I mean that I I, oh. I still stand by my my dancing over the the grave of call of duty <laughs> like this is the, the, this is the uh the, the barry allen uh posing over the the tombstone meme <laughs> right now <laughs> just stray and call of duty because <laughs> that that's what this feels like right now because like look at the going back to your point about how you were uncertain what the reception was going to be for this game you look mm-hmm. at you look at the average marketing campaign of any call of duty installment right you would think based on that alone like the 
untold millions of dollars that must have been spent over the years that, you know, those games would be the ones to, to reach this particular accolade. Meanwhile, the cat game that, as far as I know, has only really <laughs> been featured in, uh, you know, pressers by Sony and whatever online presence they're able to garner from, you know, like uh, gaming publications and, and other right. other outlets of that source. And, of course, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. They basically just said, hold our litter. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. So that is, I think that's part of why I'm I'm so confounded but in a very positive way and right. and also just very impressed and very happy for the team behind stray because this is this is incredible like when you when you think about what they're bringing to the table compared to what is considered to be the expected king of the triple a hill yep that's exactly what it's about and that that's the beautiful thing about gaming you know there's always a, a game that comes out that just takes the uh the gaming community and the world by surprise and this year you know just happened to be stray tldr tldr cats are great (laughs) 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 the the game the game sales prove it but what about vr and and metaverse and you know fort fortnite cats cats that's (laughs) that's that's all you needed just just cats not not andrew lloyd weber's cats we no, no, just, no. <laughs> That's, bad kitty, bad kitty. <laughs> oh God, could you could you imagine <laughs> no, video game I, I video game wanna. adaptation? It, it's a rhythm game. <laughs> oh God, no. Uh, to just be fair, the, the graphics would obviously look better by default. <laughs> and on that snarky note, <laughs> after having this wholesome discussion about wholesome cats. <laughs> Uh, right, why why <laughs> why because because cats yes all right uh looks like we are nearing the end point of our show i did want to go into a little bit of other awesome amazing animal themed games uh but while we have like a minute uh if you're looking for other games that feature animals that are pretty awesome um it's in the title alone you can play animal crossing that's another one that's really popular. Uh, there's also some older games that you may want to look at that feature animal characters. There's the games like Echo the Dolphin and the Donkey Kong Country games. Um, Tokyo, Jungle. Wanna... Tokyo, Tokyo Jungle! Tokyo Jungle! <laughs> Killer Palms, Tokyo y'all. <laughs> Killer Palms. Untitled Goose Game. Another yes. One. So <laughs> love, love that's the one goose. that... Uh, and then, uh, of course, you have Pokemon as well, even though some of those animals are fictional. But, you know, just a couple of other titles that have those things for you. Anyway, uh, can you people still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yep, you're, you're, you're good. You're good. I'm just double checking the stream there. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for uh, today's show. Uh, so I see my son is in the chat. So buddy, when you're ready, you can start putting in those commands. As always, everybody, you can check us out over at our Discord. Keep the conversation going. Um, and feel free to at me at Omega Z. Of course, our website, digitalerientertainment.com for all our social media links, podcasts, written content, and more. If you wish to support us, we have various methods of doing that. We have our merch at our streamelements.com shop where you can get our D hoodie. Uh, which may not be ideal for the summer weather, so you might want to try out the D T-shirts or the D tank tops. And I can actually uh, say uh, we we had a we had a merch drop uh, over the past forty eight hours. Uh, we just added some new merch to the shop. If you are looking for things beyond uh, apparel, though, we did add a few new uh, spiffy hats uh, featuring D logo. Uh, we now have merch featuring our mascot Didi and her lovable companion, the Disco Ball. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've got stickers, phone cases as well as brand new mugs uh, featuring Didi and the Disco Ball for your consuming pleasure. Mm -hmm. Uh, On top of that, you can also check out imageanime.com to use our promo code, DiscountShip, where you can save on ground shipping on all orders over $100. Uh, That's on all in-stock items over at imageanime.com. So if you yourself are an anime fan or know someone who is an anime fan, direct them over to imageanime.com 
and have them use our code discount ship uh, to save some money on the ground shipping, which, you know, shipping can be a little expensive sometimes. So this is a way to save some money and get your goodies into your hands. As always, you can check out our YouTube, take a, take a look at all of our video content, especially our teaser trailer for Kokorono Pro, our upcoming wrestling-themed visual novel. And stick around, because we'll have some more gaming content in just a little bit, as RJ and Joel will take on a great ace attorney and continuing the quest lines on all the different cases that they've been encompassing in that game. Uh, once again, I am Omega Z. Thank you, Mario, for coming on in uh, last minute, uh, as Gino had to tend to a personal emergency. Uh, and thank you all for coming on to the show and checking us out and hearing us blab about all things video games. And we will catch you again on all our further streams in the future. I'll see you guys on Sunday with more Stray. But until then, as always, until next time, you've been decoded. <laughs>